Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops, with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops, for psychological operations, is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think, and ultimately, how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. Welcome to the 268th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. That is 268 weeks consecutively, nonstop, of the same stupid show with the same weird format that seems like it wants to be a radio DJ show but keeps doing movie reviews as like the main segment. What the fuck is wrong with this show? I'm your host, Court. I guess it's mostly my fault, but shouldering part of the blame is my co host matt can't prove nothing i wasn't around you know you know you don't even know nobody i'm, I'm not even here right now what are you talking about we was Who out of town about? when that shit went down yeah i was out of town i don't even know i was uh i was not there i couldn't it depends on what your definition of is is <laughs> oh for christ's sakes now that's topical <laughs> <laughs> too far ago matt yeah, too yeah, well, far ago probably but the old lines still work and i've also dated both of us <laughs> um i don't remember us ever dating oh god yeah all right <laughs> i mean you're right we just jumped right into a long and really angry marriage <laughs> 
is what podcasting is all about, folks. Do you want to bicker and have quiddled debates over nothing for no fucking reason? Maybe once a week, maybe once a month, maybe every once in a while if you're that special podcaster. Well, you should try podcasting. It might just be for you. Yeah, there you go. Now, I mean, we now we got a product and we can sell it. The thing that's great about podcasting is, unlike other pyramid schemes, nobody makes any money unless you're at the very, very top and we're already rich anyway. Yeah. Oh, now you just bummed, my, bummed me out, man. <laughs> Would you like to learn more about how you can waste so much fucking money on a hobby that no one appreciates? Skip ad. Skip ad. <laughs> Just get me into my YouTube video. God. It's, it's no wonder people think this show's fucking scripted. We're totally fucking just riffing this <laughs> riffing right now. off the top like of it. our heads. It, it's got to sound like we fucking wrote this it, ahead of time, but we totally it's didn't. It's got to. Yeah, it, it this doesn't sound like something people would just riff. But I had to get good at improv. It. I had to get good at improv because you fucking suck at acting. When you, really have to, when you have to read lines, you're like, yeah, I can't do that. I just, yeah, I'll, not, I'll do it on the night. <laughs> I just, fuck it, I'll do it live. I'm like, fuck it, we'll do it live. No, no, here's the thing. You, you play it, and we'll do it live. <laughs> right, so I have to come up with random story off the top of my head if I want to do any kind of sketches or weird shit with you, and that's been exhausting, so I'm done. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, thank God. I've been trying to tell you, and you wouldn't fucking listen to me, so <laughs> oh, speaking don't know of, what else to do with you. Speaking of not listening and fucking around and finding out and everything, I think I have peace with the United States of Ricky. Really? Yeah. Um, so he fucked around, he found out. Right. And then some of the other people that are living in, let's just say, the studio with him, because we're not yeah, sure. We're not sure. But uh, I mean, really, I mean, court, I was, yeah, okay. I mean, dude, you know what you did. He was totally Mr. Roboting, you know, yeah. all over the place. So I did. I pulled my own little Elliot and I did some bad stuff. I've got 96.5% of the things I've done undone. Oh, well, that's good. I'm sure that just over 4% isn't too bad or just under 4% isn't too bad. Yeah, the 3.5% just happens to be certain things that are already in motion. But I'm thinking that with the fall of civilization, that's not going to really be a problem anyway. And that fall of civilization is scheduled in approximately mm, roughly six months. Six months? I yes. thought it'd be like next month. <laughs> Well, it doesn't quite completely fall because it's just one country, right? And it's one country that's going to just implode. And when it does, eventually it will drag the rest of the world with it. But it's USA, USA. It's going to take an additional five months for the rest of the world to be dragged into the black hole that is the United States of America at this point. Well, well, it's too bad. Well, I'm just going to ride the wave of the destruction and try and cross through some kind of weird vortex and turn into a star baby, just like what happens at the end of what I think is how the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey ends from what's been described. Like the guy turns into a giant baby or some stupid shit like that. Everybody thinks it's brilliant, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, there's that. I, I, I don't know what that movie's about, but you know, fuck Can, can you guess why I'm padding the episode, Matt? Alright, I've never seen the fucking movie, so if you want to yell at me, you can. No, I don't want to yell at you for that, because I've never really watched the whole thing either. <laughs> I don't know. Once the bone gets feel- thrown into space and the monkeys are gone, I'm no longer interested. It, it sometimes I feel like uh, Peter Griffin when he talks about in Family Guy when he talks about uh, the Godfather. Uh, I don't like it. It insists upon itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, can can you guess what it is I'm trying to pad the episode for, Matt? Uh, uh, because you don't want to do this movie? No, I totally do want to do Tenement. Oh. I totally do, but I feel uh. like because it's so just 
fucking bare bones, straight, go for it. No time for story, just death. Yeah, it, I, mean, it, it, I, I mean, we talked about it. I got two clips because there isn't a lot to go through. Here's the fucked up thing, right? This movie is extremely special for multiple reasons, but there's one that will always make this Blu-ray special in my heart. All right, what's that? I do believe this was the first movie to get an official X rating from the MPAA for violence alone. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I did read that it got an X rating. I didn't read that it got the first X rating. The first official. Like, you know how, like, okay, so... Whenever people were making pornography, one of the selling points was the more X's you can throw on the cover, the more dirty people thought it was. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it worked. X that's just why, meant, That's how we got triple X. Right. I mean, X just meant adult, but pornographers were like, well, if one X means adult, then triple X must mean like, like awesome adult life. Yeah. Like fucking naughty nurses doing anal. That's what triple X is. Sure. I mean, that, we've I all mean, watched that several times. Yeah. <laughs> that, that VHS that we found at your dad's house is worn out now. <laughs> and I mean, I'm talking to like the royal we, as in everybody. Yeah, like that everyone's I've ever dad had yeah, one yeah. of those hitting around, right? Right, exactly. Uh, but okay, so that's one of the reasons it was rated that way for violence. But the reason I know that is because uh, this was a sneaky surprise to me. I had no idea that Our Lady Roberta Finlay is the one who directed this. I you read that it was a, a lady director, but yeah. I didn't recognize the name. No. You should recognize and remember her name. We did like two or three of her movies, like Primeval. She's the one that did a lot of horror movies based in New York, and I said she had previously directed porno films before going into horror. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. Now, I can't even remember all the movies of Roberta Finlay's that we've done right off the top of my head. Uh, but I will say this much, that when I realized that it was her and it was her name behind it, I then got extremely interested. So I went straight to her interview before watching the movie, and I got the tidbits that I got here about the X rating and some other really interesting bits of trivia and stuff like that. So um, I know I read that uh, she didn't exactly know why it got an X rating. Right. She still and, didn't understand it, why it got one. Right. Now, do you remember way, way back in the day when we used to talk about movies that got banned, we would say what we thought would make it get banned? Yeah. Um, and then basically denounce whether or not it should actually be. And there's a couple of movies that you came pretty close to saying, no, this should not exist. <laughs> yeah. The most, the most you would say is there is no reason for this to exist, but I can't say that it should not. So I can't say that I want it banned. Like, it, it, yeah. that's about the closest we ever got. Well, anyway, yeah. I figured it would be a good, like a nice fun game for us to play where it's like, why did this get rated X, right? And I already know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you and I both know, but like at what point in the film, because we're going to be doing it in 20 minute blocks. So yeah. at what point in the film did it get X rated? The like, second 20 minute block. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. I'm not saying the scene, but I'm telling you when. <laughs> and I think you know when. <laughs> But what if I could point out something that might have happened in the first 20 minutes that could have done it? Really? Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm for hearing that. <laughs> All right. I, that's, I, I'm, I, I'm interested. You, I, you, I, you've I, got me tagged uh, in. Obviously, Matt, I just, you know, between you and me um, yeah. and everybody yeah. else that's listening, right? Uh -huh. Obviously, right. that's not fucking true. But I mean, yeah. we got yeah. 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 to okay. tease yeah. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to jump to like the middle 20 minutes and then we're fucking done, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, then they'll jump in and they'll see the, the, the scene. Right. The scene. Right. So why don't we just... Go okay. ahead, Ember. All right. All right. Shh, be cool. Everybody be cool. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. Go ahead, Court. Sorry, the person in the back was getting all fucking lippy. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I heard him. Very uncool, man. Very fucking very, uncool. Very. I think they were tweeting. Yeah, put your phone away, dude. That's not how this show works. Fuck. You, you can only leave your phone out to turn us up. That's only. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, that's, you know, be cool. Or to watch porn. Whatever you want to do. But oh, no okay. Shh, shh, okay. Shh, shh, shh. 
Okay, hold on. Wait, do you ever think sometimes we should do a whole show like this, like NPR, like just really calm, chill talking like this? I mean, I could try, but I'm uh, bursting at the seams with energy right now, so I don't know how much more chill I, I can be. I, I know, exactly. And you'll say something that'll piss me off, and then I'll fucking go off a gasket. Right, so <laughs> You know me. Yeah, we're going to take the break now. We're going to play the Legion GoFundMe promo. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're going to have music that I lifted straight out of the movie all right so everybody be cool yeah everyone be fucking cool okay then we'll have the trailer come back okay all right, all right, all right. okay here we go this is Bo from legionpodcasts.com hey it's been a crazy time and when the world gets nuts we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment but for some folks getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand scale take a penny, leave a penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events, and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at legionpodcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. I wish I could say that that was the fucking trailer, but that is the theme song that actually opens up the movie, and I just, I had to fucking grab it for all of us to enjoy for this episode. Yeah, that is good shit. Yeah. It really actually tells the story about what you're about to see in the movie. It's almost like an overture with, like, a way of introducing the characters and all their lives that you see it. Yeah, pretty much. Which is great. Then there's this trailer. The tenement was their home, their fortress, a place of refuge from the savage streets. Now... It's become a battlefield of rage. What you like this up your ass, huh? Madness and death. I love you! I'm going to die! If they want the villain, let's give it to them. The enemy is unfeeling and unstoppable. This is some sick revenge thing, man. They want to kill us. Do you understand that? 
They want to kill us. There's nowhere to turn. We have got to have some fun. Nowhere to hide and no way out. Now they've taken enough. And they're fighting back. the name uh we see what seems to be the super and he seems to be calling the cops to uh come and arrest the gang but as the cops are coming and kind of knocking on the door the leader of the gang is smart enough to burn all their drugs and shit in a trash can and hide all their weapons did you recognize any of the actors in the gang right off the bat i sure did not Really? I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, there's... Who should I have recognized? There's one actor, the guy with the shaved head, who is in a shit ton of trauma movies, including the Toxic Avenger, where he played Cigar Face, I think was his name. Huh, okay. <laughs> Cigar Face. Yeah, and then uh, one of the other guys in the gang, um, I think his name was... Was it Angel, maybe? I can't remember um, specifically, but like he was in a shit ton of movies, including including um, a couple of Quentin Tarantino flicks. I know he was in Pulp Fiction. He was one of the bad guys. I think he's the dude that ends up replacing Jules after Jules quits in Pulp Fiction. Uh, His character's name is Paul in that. I remember him from that. And then he was also in, damn it, there was another Quentin Tarantino movie that I remember seeing him in as well that he was used for. But uh, he popped up in a few other things and he did a shitload of TV and stuff like that. He's been a working actor for a long time in New York. So obviously he's been on a shitload of Law & Order stuff too. Yeah. Because that's just how it goes. But anyway, there's two like different career paths that that spurred from this film. That gentleman and then Cigar Face <laughs> from Trova. <laughs> anything like Taser Face. Uh, very much like Taser Face. One would even say that it was stolen <laughs> <laughs> on how Taser Face acted. Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe, possibly, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, James Gunn came from that camp, so he's yeah. he's more than likely just making a wink and a nod and, you know, or just been heavily influenced by watching too much trauma like the rest of us. Oh, probably. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> So, uh, after they do that, the cops take them all away, and then we see numerous different tenants in the building. Uh, we see all ages, uh, different people in different situations, some old, uh, a, a younger couple. We see a young single mother. We see um, a woman who's raising a family and her oldest daughter's pregnant as well. You know, everyone's kind of, they got this full thing, and they are... Um, 
And, and they're all, and we see like a, uh, another woman and her uh, drug addicted boyfriend. Uh, but they're all starting to make like noise about how they're happy the gang is gone and they're maybe setting up a party. Um, another man comes home uh, to the tenement and the super brags about getting rid of the gang. And he looks somewhat, he is like, he has, like, he's not all the way happy about it. He looks very concerned and he head backs up to his apartment. Uh, and the super then. And says he'll he'll be next to get rid of. Uh, so then we have kind of a, a lot of cut scenes happen in this too. This is a very heavy cut scene. It's very heavy visual. This movie. There's not a lot of sustained dialogue, as I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. There's uh, more choreography fighting and uh, interaction along that way. There's some dialogue, but not like you said, very usable yeah, stuff. Not- it's not very long dialogue either. The dialogue bits for everybody are maybe a few short lines, action sequence, sh- few short lines, action sequence. It's, not a lot of monologuing or anything like no, that. No, it's it's um very monosyllabic threats being hurled back and forth in all directions between the tenements who just want to live and the gang yeah. who just want to kill. It's <laughs> not a real ton of story for any of the characters other than what's presently going on in their lives. Not a lot of backstory. Not an explanation for anything. Yeah, it's very much like the original assault on Precinct 13 in the way that the siege ends up happening in the building. Yeah. But... I say that meaning that I really fucking love this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not complaining at all. Um, I'm, I'm just stating like it, 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 there's going to be a lot of jumps. So I kind of combine all the jumps instead of sometimes going line by line. Like right here. What I'm saying is like while all the tenants are having a party in which one of them, the single mother lady, tries to tell the rest of them that they have no reason to be partying. And she tears down the lady who has the dread addicted boyfriend because she's hooking for him to get money for his drugs. I mean, um, she had but, a point, kind of, but at well, the yeah. same time, mind your fucking business, sex work is work. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's it still, it, it, to, if, to buy drugs for somebody else, you know, I don't know. That's, Just seems like a bad way to go about it. That's the thing that is the problem, is that she yeah. is buying drugs. It's, it's, a, it's not a bad way husband. to earn your money, it's a bad way to spend your money. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Wait, wait. Hiring a hooker is a bad way to spend your money or no, drugs? No, buying drugs is a bad way to spend your money. So then, uh, but while all this is going on and they're all trying to party and they're all like, woohoo, look at us. The gang is actually let out of jail. They go roaming the streets, causing some more trouble and scoring more drugs, which you know is probably going to cause a problem. And I'm not talking like just, you know, uh, weak drugs. I'm talking like, you know, like crystal meth and PCP and shit. Angel dust is what I think they said, actually. They have a plethora of drugs. They bought weed to chill out and relax because they needed that before they dipped into their own supply, which you should never do as a dealer and then do what they're going to do later on tonight. Well, then the gang heads back to the tenement and uh, they harass the super who's outside and then the leader kind of tells him let him go because he's not really worth anything and then when they do uh, they still throw a glass bottle and hit him in the head you heard it in the trailer. They threatened to stick a knife in the dude's ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they really want to fuck him up, and they're all just itching to hurt people. But the leader but, wanted to have a herald or a harbinger of doom for the rest of the tenement building. That's what he was hoping for, that he would tell them, and they, they would all just leave. 
but he doesn't quite get it because that guy goes to the party bloody and while they're fixing him up he lies and tells them that he was defending a young woman from some ruffians and they threw a bottle at him can you say toxic masculinity Matt? yeah this guy definitely has some toxic masculinity uh this guy's got a lot of problems this super uh a lot of the issues that he should just get his ass what for Uh, yes, I would like to pass a fist into his face. Yes, it would, it would be a pleasure to put my foot directly into his fucking crotch. I'm not saying that it was right for the gang to kill this gentleman. I'm just saying in his case, I understand. Yes. Yeah. And spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, then we cut to the gang is starting to do their heavier drugs and the leader stands up all fucking fucked up in PCP and says he wants to kill all of the tenants. We clock in, it's 8.17 p.m. A kid drops off a dog to the blind gentleman. Uh, he uh, uh, Then, after they get the dog inside, uh, the blind gentleman had agreed to help build a race car for the kid, like a little toy race car, so they head up to the kid's apartment to do so. Uh, then, it's about 8.32 p.m., and we see the gang is breaking into the basement building that the super had originally kind of boarded up they're getting back into their area the basement uh the dog is hearing the commotion um the mother and pregnant daughter who live together they are arguing about the pregnant daughter marrying the father of her child even though she does not love him um then uh the young lady who is uh hooking for her boyfriend's uh drug addiction they argue about the drugs and she says she'll no longer turn tricks for him or give him money for the drugs which is when he starts taking her serious again because that monkey is on his back. Yes. And he's all, okay, okay, I'm done, I'm done. You know, probably something he said a billion times before. It's hard to chase that dragon when you're not funded by your own wife. Exactly. And then we end the 20 minutes with a, a mom and a, a the single mom. She's with her young daughter. They're kind of eating. And she's kind of telling her single daughter how they're not going to be there much longer. They're going to move out of there. They're, and they're going to move into like, very, I mean, almost like a Jefferson's type talk. They're going to move moving on up to the east side. Uh, they're going to be rich. She's like, I'm going to have servants, all this kind of stuff. I think she even says we're going to move on up, but she doesn't say to the east yeah. side, but she does say no, we're going to move on up to blah, blah, yeah. blah. Wherever we're going to move on up and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty much your first 20. It's kind of just getting things set up. We have a we have a setup now. We have a cast of characters and we know uh, the bad things are probably getting ready to happen. See, this first 20 minutes blew by so fast that by the time I was into the first half hour, which is where I would say the nasty shit really gets started is within the first yeah. 30 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't even realize that the first 20 minutes had flown by on me already. Right. The setup is actually really well done in that everything is super fast, but all of the people are borderline caricatures more than characters so that you get everything you need to know about them in the way that they interact with just a few sentences with each other. It's like you automatically know what this building is like, where everybody stands, how everybody trusts or distrusts each other. You can see where there's like a floor of like families and like elderly people that are sticking together and they all have dinner together. The little party once the gang is gone really helps establish the way all the characters interact because the people that don't show up don't necessarily get along with everybody else and that kind of shit. Yeah, well, you can tell. There's um, an uh, older couple 
who have probably lived in this building for years and years and years, an older uh, Jewish lady who's lived there for years and years and years. You can tell there's people who've lived there for years and years, probably when this building wasn't in a demilitarized zone, as it appears outside, but maybe in the o- older days. And then, you know, they don't want to leave their, their homes because this has been their homes for decades upon decades. And then you have like that younger single mother who wants out of there in the worst way and admonishes people for, she's like, what are you partying for? If they don't come back, somebody else will, you know, she's, she's very much like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, none of this matters, you know, so you have those people as well. What's really, then you have, then you have people who just want to be left alone. What's really interesting about this actually, and this is from Roberta Finlay herself in the interview at the, uh, extra features of the Blu-ray that I got. Uh, this is another shriek show Blu-ray, by the way, um, was really lucky to get my hands on this when I got a chance. (laughs) Uh, but the interview that she had, there's a thing where she says where she read the script for this movie and said that it was like a visualization or a virtual virtualization or um, reimagining or something. She uses some kind of words to say that it was basically her own childhood. Like she grew up in this kind of a building. So she knew what this was like. It was really easy for her to put this, you know, make this movie happened so she basically really connected with the material and given some of the things that we've seen from Roberta Finlay's past I remember things being uneven and not really quite getting to the story and getting things to work but she sinks her teeth into this and I think because it was very personal to her uh, you really get an idea of these types of people and this is the kind of movie that she should have been doing all along is like a based in a neighborhood or a world that she knew so she can tell a story that maybe not many people are familiar with or would know and this siege type film at the time was super popular and she really makes a mark and I'm shocked that Tenement isn't more well known than it is so far just within this first 20 minutes because I'm loving every minute of this so far yeah uh yeah I mean if it's the type of movie you're looking for then yeah I'm surprised you know uh, that I know a lot of people like we've had listeners who would look for this movie I'm surprised I've never heard of it before it was my I never heard about it until put it on the list for me to watch right this uh, this was another blind buy too where I was just like, Roberta Finlay, huh? I'll check that out. And then I didn't even, you know, just didn't even connect with it until now that we've yeah. watched it. Um, well, we begin the next 20 minutes. Uh, the game is weaponing up. One even has a gun, but most just have pipes and shit. This was uh, all their weapons. Like they were like signature weapons or something like that. that they all were carrying at the beginning when they're down there shooting up drugs. Yeah. They just dumped all the weapons because they knew where they were going to be arrested and they didn't want to lose them. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Uh, anyway, the blind guy, he makes a car for the kid, the toy car, and he leaves. And we get a clock in that it's 9.05 p.m. and they are on the, uh, fifth floor. Uh, the gang starts heading out into the building. Um, the couple, now the, the girlfriend and the drug addict boyfriend, they're having some sex. And they think they hear a rat. The boyfriend has rat poison by the bed. Uh, anyway, um, the blind guy gets home and he goes to find his dog. But he's not finding him. As he goes out into the hallway, we see that the dog has been pretty much gutted and maybe even skinned. But it's been fucked up and it is ripped apart and dead. Meanwhile, we see a gang member. I'm glad we didn't have to see any of this done on screen. They just basically show the gang member walk up to it and then that's it. Yeah. And and if I would have had to, I I I might have I might have been really mad at this movie. Um, but uh, so more than I already am. Uh, but anyway, so we see a gang member. He's all covered in blood, standing underneath on the stairwell below. So you're just kind of like, holy shit, you know, way to be a 
Like, uh, a real asshole, dude. <laughs> that's the guy I was talking about that ends up all over the place, including in Quentin Tarantino movies. He's the dude that spends 90% of the movie covered in some form of fake blood. Yes. Um. So uh, we see the single mom. She's on the phone and the gang starts cutting the lines and we see it's 10, 13 p.m. and they're in front of the building. They're cutting all the phone lines. So the mom gets out to, I, I don't know if she was going to go check the phone lines or check with somebody else to see if they are also having phone problems. But uh, she uh, sees that the blind guy's door is open she looks in but then she turns around and screams as we assume she sees the dog and then the gang surrounds her and she is taken um and we're about to come to the point where this is where they get the x rating i mean if uh, the skinned fucking dog wasn't enough to already yeah. make the mpaa be like nope nope this this is gonna do it yeah because that effect is pretty fucking brutal and we're both it was not, we're, we're 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 just basically gonna breeze past it because neither one of us want to talk about it but i i hate to, I, I and trust me i'm i'm and i'm you're gonna have to do your best to make me not breeze past this second part but yeah go and, ahead and then just before things start to get really insane you the, the skin dog thing they basically hang it up and put it on display in such a way where they were trying to horrify someone to make them scream but i guess they didn't realize it was a seeing eye dog because the blind guy walks out and like we see it but he thankfully doesn't no but i think he feels it because you hear him kind of solemnly he does it says the dog's name yeah he does touch it and then realize what happens and i'm sure he can smell blood because yes that much blood in the air from you're gonna gonna smell that kind of shit yeah right you're gonna smell what's going on with that now then the lady runs into that after her all the phone lines get cut and next it just goes full on fucking i spit on your grave yes so anyway they take her back to her apartment into her bedroom uh they begin raping her and they cut a cross into her chest um as the leader kind of walks off as she's being raped she's able to grab some scissors and she stabs one of the dudes right in his fucking face with the scissors killing him drives it into his eye socket into his brain and it kills him almost instantly yes yes they then begin beating her severely and then they kill her by violating her with a broom handle it's a team effort they make that like several of the guys hold her legs and then the words ram it in there all the way in are said several times and it's really grody it feels greasy as shit but they thankfully spare you the business end of all of this and it doesn't get super graphic the rape scene is disturbing and it doesn't get super graphic all at once it's just the guys being there and just overpowering her and the thing that i found the most fascinating about this is we have her fight back and yet it does nothing to deter her ultimate fate which is what ends up happening in a lot of cases where there's this many people you're not going to make it out alive usually like yeah. but she at least tried to fight and she did take one of them with her she killed him flat out and that's when the gang really gets whipped up into a frenzy yes um so all this her daughter uh, was hiding under her bed they leave that apartment and she walks out and she finds her mother in the room and she heads to a neighbor's house so the young pregnant woman after you know they she goes to her apartment the daughter does she goes and she finds mr washington the guy who the super also wanted to get rid of they go to do they go to check it out he tells her to stay out of the uh the the apartment he goes into checks he finds her dead and the other gang member dead um and they find out that the phone is out of service so they run into then the blind guy as they go to warn people and see him with his dead dog covered up by a sheet 
Uh, so then they get the entire building together and they talk about kind of what's going on, the situation that there have been murders and stuff like that. Uh, the super doesn't really give a shit. Uh, he's like, oh, she was probably mixed in with the wrong people. That's why she's dead. We're safe. Nothing's wrong with for us. He's in denial because his macho insecurity will not let him admit what also happened earlier. Piss drunk. And, uh, and he's a horrible bigot, misogynist piece of shit. He's just a general disgusting human being. All in all, he is not. Not a good person. Uh, no. th- th- there's nothing good about him. So then uh, they, uh, the then all of a sudden, as they are kind of still not sure what's going on, the gang leader yells up to them that they're all going to die and that the building belongs to him. So this, at this point, the older white lady, she decides she's going to head downstairs and give these people a piece of their mind, which is weird. Um. So, uh, uh, as she goes down there, a gang member gets ready to shoot her, but Mr. Washington saves her, picks her up, and gets her out of there. He, like, um, fireman carries her up the stairs in record yeah. time. That was, that physicality was impressive, because he did and that he, for real. Yeah, and he gets shot in the process. Well, that uh, part was a superficial real, wound, but, but I'm saying. Yeah, but he, in, in the movie, in, in the yeah. context of the he movie. fire carries her, yeah. Yeah, he gets shot, and fireman carries that woman up, like, several flights of stairs in record time. It was very impressive. Now, in real life, he picks up that old woman and fireman carries her upstairs in record time and was still impressive. It's just added to the fact that in the movie, he's been shot while it happens. Yes. So... Now, with all of this, he gets back up there, and the super actually gives Washington shit about saving. He goes, so you saved an old white woman, big whoop. He was like, anybody, like almost like, he's just being a dick. Well, so no, he's, he's the tenant that he thought was no good. Turns yeah. out to be a fucking hero and more of a man than he would ever dream. So exactly. he is threatened, and because he's got this macho insecurity, toxic male bullshit, he's got to go off about shit and talk shit like a drunk bastard my father. I mean... <laughs> Oops. Nothing can be farther from the truth. Uh, <laughs> no, so, I didn't. <laughs> anyway, we end this 20-minute section with the blind guy going to get Washington back as he has stormed off to his apartment. And that is actually our first clip. Washington, why'd you leave us? We need you. I almost got shot down there. Once a night's enough. Let Rojas do it. I'm sorry for him. But the rest is not like he is. You're so brave. You saved Mrs. Elderstein. I should have her guts. You won't get any guts if you stay here. Stay with us. We need you. I never wanted to have anything to do with you people. All right. All right. What's he mean by you people? <laughs> I don't think you get to say that, Court. Um, <laughs> he, as as you can see, he's he's a very conflicted. He only you can tell he just wants to be left alone, and that's probably why he was like, "Oh, great, you got the gang kicked out early in the movie." It's because he know they're probably going to cause trouble, and well, he just seems to be the kind of guy who wants to be left alone. Well, I feel like they set up that this is a shell shocked vet, but they didn't really pay it off and really tell you too much about it. But I you know, feel like they were trying to set up that he's a shell-shocked vet at one point when the pregnant woman like knocked on his door to get him to check on that uh the single mother you see he sits there he's reading and there is a picture of uh, a uh asian woman within uh with a child so yeah a lot of vets had to leave wives behind when they're sent back right now when i'm using that term i know that the correct term is ptsd and i am not trying to be insensitive to any of our brave soldiers that actually are 
suffering from post-traumatic stress. What yeah. I'm referring to is the character type or character type of a veteran who is suffering from PTSD. That's what they would refer to it as. That is your character that he is. But yes. they he's literally the only one I can think of where they do it, but they don't go far enough to have him like still have dog tags on or like military surplus gear that he takes out to help defend everybody or anything like that. It just so happens that he knows how to handle himself. He knows how to kick ass. And it feels like they're hinting at it very heavily because he does have a photo of a wife and daughter that appear to be possibly they're Asian so that it, it appears that it may be that they came from overseas with him and that's that maybe he met them over there or whatever. And now that they're gone, he cares even less and he's just basically waiting around to die. Like that's what they're trying to set up here, but they just kind of shortcut it and they don't really deliver much. It just feels like he's supposed to be our hero to the film, and yet he gets the smallest amount of character development of everyone else. Well, and it just, this again, this movie is not interested in a lot of character development. It really isn't. Well, I, I disagree. It's not I disagree. what this movie is for. I disagree. It sets up the characters in such a way that they're so obvious who they are and what's going on in their lives, and it just makes you hit the ground running with it. You just have to do the legwork. Yeah. That's why I, I'm saying. Maybe. I, I just didn't get that feeling when I watched it. I got the feeling that this movie had a purpose of one thing, and it wasn't for the development of the characters. Okay. I feel like you're talking down about the film, so I'm going to to back up and I am stop. not I am not talking down about the film okay that see that's not me saying that this is a bad film I'm saying this is a certain type of film and with these certain type of films maybe the character development isn't the most important thing or a character's backstory it's just you need them there you just need to know just the bare minimum about them and then you can proceed with what this movie's supposed to be about and the bare minimum for all the characters I feel is there okay except and, and for I'm, the vet or the guy that I yeah. think may be a vet like and, it, it and, feels like they just like maybe some lines got cut out or something is all yeah. I'm saying for him and maybe we're we're saying the kind of the same thing but saying it, it just in a different way yeah, yeah I, when I say it's not big on character development I didn't mean there's not any I'm just saying it, there's not a ton of backstory there's just enough basic about everyone and then they go well and you can that's infer, all I meant you can infer a lot about the characters from their surroundings what each of their apartments look like there's a lot of stuff that there's visual like you said it's a visual film so all of the character development is done visually when you see what their apartments look like how well they're kept you know how well the people dress and a lot of like just as soon as they're on screen you can tell the kind of person that they're trying to portray they're do they're doing them like characters so they're easier to tell um maybe that's that's yeah. that's a better way of putting it yeah, there's, yeah. There's, how about this there's not a lot of talking uh, or not a lot of like you know word driven background right. yeah it's, there's no it's, expository it's, dialogue which is why i'm singing the praises of this film because i've learned yeah. so much about all of these people just by seeing the set design and the attention to detail which is again i'm going to say roberta finlay really got into this story because she as she said she grew up in a tenement building like this she knows what this is like and i think that attention to detail really is what sells the story of these people so much better than even just him saying oh when i was in vietnam or i was in korea or whatever he was supposed to be you know what and I, that mean? I agree with you with yeah yeah see like i said i think we were saying the same thing we we're just saying it a different way because you thought i was putting the movie down when i actually wasn't uh, i was I'm just giving it a, a, a bit more of a prop and maybe i just wasn't explaining it right in which i was just saying they're they do uh they, i think they, the phrase that you were using verbally to... is what here's what i wanted to say okay. verbally they do the bare minimum of getting you the character's basic stuff down 
verbally. Right. And in, that's that's all I'm saying. Right. Well, when you were saying like it's a certain type of film and it's like, I'm like, okay, wh- what do you mean by certain type? What are you fucking saying here? Like, I just, I got defensive. I will admit that. <laughs> you really did. I'm like, that, that doesn't mean anything bad either. It, it is a type of, it's a, it's a exploitation type of film. And I believe they did it better than a lot of exploitation films because it didn't force a lot of unneeded dialogue. Okay. okay you're not it. fired yet. Let's move on. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, we go into the next 20 minutes and the gang is trashing the blind guy's place. They're going floor by floor. So our tenants are constantly having to go up, or at least a few are, you know, at, at, at any moment. Um, one of the uh, tricks of the uh, uh, of the young lady who is uh, unfortunately a hooker for her boyfriend's drug addiction. Well, he's walking up to the building. He's hammered drunk and she's trying to warn him not to come in, to stay away. It's dangerous. And to maybe go get some help. But he tells her not to worry. He goes, don't worry if you're boyfriend's there we'll just do it in the other room like always you know don't worry about he won't listen to her at all and he goes into the fucking tenement i could have done without this whole sequence of him walking and taking forever i know he he, i don't know what that all was that that was maybe a little bit too much you know it could have just been him walking up but i think they're trying to get the point across he he was drunk and that he just he's not big on listening to people uh Um, women he's not big on listening to women there you go so anyway he gets cornered and like the gang starts offering him their girl and he's like yeah sure and you go you gotta pay and he goes of course and he goes here just take my whole wallet take it and he's like i'm i'm cool i'm i'm just here you know i don't care you know he was trying to talk his way out of it well unfortunately he uh that doesn't work for him and a gang member rams him through with a pipe killing him that's that same guy that we're talking about that shows up in a bunch of other movies he does most of the killing he does he's a little bit more of the he's really fucking psycho on this one (laughs) um so anyway, uh, Mr. Washington and the group then, they kind of are realizing what's happening here. They have a talk in, well, this is our final clip. On the building, let's give it to them. Then we come back later with the cops and kick their asses. Let me tell you something. And you get it through your thick skull. They don't want this building. This is some sick revenge thing, man. They want to kill us. Do you understand that? They want to kill us. Hey, how come you know everything? People, people, please. We've got to stop arguing amongst each other. If we don't stay together, we may all be killed. Mr. Wesley is right. We need each other. We will need you, Rojas. I'm sorry, Washington. Ay, ay, ay. That yeah. guy. Jesus and fucking I, Christ. He he dropped a, a rather racial expletive that I, of course, cut out of the clip. But, yeah, uh, I was that's listening what caused, for it. I was listening for it. Yeah, that's why it caused Washington to kind of freak out on him and why he was scared because he finally got, you know, cornered by somebody who will whoop his ass. And I don't know if it kind of shocked him a bit. Well, so he, he thought that he could drop a racial epitaph and get away with it yeah. because he is the soup. But it turns out that our hero of the film will knock you the fuck out as anyone should if you yell that racial racial slur at somebody yes yeah i, I do believe you should that get that's knocked grounds, the fuck out i do believe that's grounds for potential brain damage being done to you sure that's grounds for a foot in the ass wait uh, now it just sounds like you're flirt 
So anyway, the green then breaks into the drug addict's home with him and his girlfriend. He hides her underneath the bed. And then he grabs like the rat poison and he grabs baggies and he puts the rat poison in there and kind of makes like hides it, kind of sticks it underneath the stove. Well, they get into his place and they keep asking him like, hey, where's the stuff? Or they know he's a drug, you know, user. And they keep asking for the stuff, for the stuff, and he won't really answer. And so they find the uh, the two guys are there, and they find the baggie. And so uh, after beating him for a little bit, they find the baggie, they cook it up, one guy injects it, and at that point, he starts foaming at the mouth, bleeding through the mouth, falls, and dies. That injection scene? Oh, fuck that. Oof. Fuck that. Oh, yeah. No, I could barely watch it. I did, but fuck. I hate needles, like, with a fucking burning passion. Somebody fuck. was shooting something up for real. I'm hoping it's just yeah. saline for their sake, but Jesus fucking Christ. Because they miss the vein and they blow it in their arm a little bit first, and it's like, yeah. oh, 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 you see it, too. It's so fucking gross. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that was rough. Yeah. Um, not so, cool, man. And, not cool. Yeah. So the other gay member who lives, he, he doesn't even care. He laughs about it. He's like, hey, I told you, you should have let me do it first. Then he walks up to the boyfriend and stabs him in the gut with a knife uh, and kills him. His girlfriend comes out and she sees him. Um, and then Washington comes and gets her out of the place and... And they barely escape. But then when they barely get up the stairs, Washington again gets cut on his shoulder. And it's just like maddening. He's trying to get these people to safety. And every time he, he seems to get fucked up on every turn. Um, He's got this whole like warrior God thing going on at this point where every time he gets injured, it seems like it somehow makes him stronger. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the gang then talks to one another and they, the leaders like, we're going to take our time. We have no worries about this. We're just going to take our time and everything's going to be fine. Uh, they have all night. The tenants talk about how they have no weapons to defend themselves. They're kind of looking for anything. And at this point, the leader and the woman, they go and they kind of, the leader bathes himself in the boy, the dead boyfriend's blood and then paints uh, his lady with it. And they start making out in the blood. That was so fucking hot. Okay, you settled down over there. Oh my God, that was so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. <So laughs> Washington's getting bandaged by one of the uh, tenant's wives. And uh, so um, she she's can't believe that he doesn't have any kind of antiseptic or anything. So she freaks out and she just walks down to her apartment where it's not even safe. They're on that floor. She goes to grab some antiseptic all the while complaining when she closes the medicine cabinet in the mirror she is cornered by a gang member and he slices her throat killing her her husband goes looking for her and we end this 20 minute uh batch by he finding her dead and he's kind of really uh you know shocked about it and walks away all right that particular couple i believe their names was the wesleys because i've heard in a clip she was uh he was referred to as mr wesley so i'm assuming yeah. they're a married couple the wesleys yeah. the wife of that couple the older black couple uh-huh was a police commissioner or captain or somebody like a high-ranking police official's wife who actually happened to be an actress. And in order to get authenticity, they shot in an actual fucked up, really like economically dying neighborhood in New York. Yeah. Hence all the empty lots with one giant tenement building in the middle of it and like just complete isolation. Like, yes, that literally existed in like a really, really fucking bad part of town. From what Roberta Finlay said is, it is basically a way line between two gang territories that they're always warring on is where this building is. 
And they had gang members just walking on the set for a couple of days and everything like that. But then somehow this lady got hired on the film. I'm not saying that there was bribery that ended up getting a wife apart in the movie. But what did happen is after the wife was on the movie and they realized where the movie was being shot, they had like 12 cops at any point in time protecting the set. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't know how many it was, but she said there was anywhere from a dozen to more than that for sure. At any given point in time on the set protecting. So they kept the woman in the movie for as long as possible to keep the set protected. And she was above decent actress in the movie. So, you know, it all worked out. It's not like she sucked. Well, according to Roberta Finlay, she hired or this woman was hired just basically because she was a known actress. But it just ended up being this additional benefit of added security because the commissioner or captain or whoever high ranking cop wanted to protect his wife, which justifiably so is particularly where that territory is. Yeah. Which so what what, what Roberta Finlay missed, though, was since she had all the cops on the set anyway, she should have just had like the end of the movie happen involving a shitload of cops swarming the building, too. Yeah. And then just a big shootout or something. Something, you know, like she could have afforded that because she had all of them there protecting the set anyway. Why not use them as part of the production? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, uh, anyway, we start this the next 20 minutes. Uh, the husband comes back upstairs, uh, uh, obviously in shock. The gang, we, we see them. We're trashing more apartments. Uh, Mr. Washington, he's getting stuff to barricade the stairwell. Like they grab tables. He's grabbing his refrigerator. Um, uh, the pregnant woman asks about the picture and he says that that was his wife. So who knows? what happened there she could be dead you know anything she could have been forced he could have been forced to leave her behind yep exactly yeah anything um, like that the drug addict's girlfriend um comforts uh uh the husband of the woman who was just killed as they both just lost somebody um there's more barricading uh apartment trashing all this shit the old white lady she has actually gone back to her apartment she's locked the door and she's just enjoying pictures of her past pretty much seemingly just she's like i'm gonna die tonight so might as well just enjoy my last few moments here i mean how much time does she have left anyway is old as she is yeah you know exactly you know she probably Um, smoked most of her life so she doesn't have that much time left anyway you know she's already lived her best years so (laughs) they're clearly behind her yeah right uh my my best years are behind me we now get a time it's 1 46 a.m they're on the third floor and um this little boy he's suggesting that maybe they all just screw you know go down the building uh by rope and everyone's kind of like no they don't think that's a good idea um and there's more barricading and they're like no it's not a good idea but his mom decides she's gonna do it so they tie a line and she's crawling down and as she's going down they're all kind of rooting for her but her daughter her pregnant daughter's like you shouldn't be doing this and then the woman in the gang sees this she brings out a, a, a blade she cuts the rope the woman falls and she dies i had a hard time buying this because of the simple fact that you could see that the rope was super taut like wasn't like yeah. like wasn't tight at all and at some point when the the punker chick is cutting it with a switchblade you can totally see the she's holding in her hand in such a way as to make it look like it's a tighter rope than what it is because nobody pulled it taut for that scene. My problem is there's no way this lady could have crawled and climbed down a rope. She would have gone out of the window and the minute her full body weight gave into gravity, she would have lost her grip. She just would have fallen and died. Okay, fair enough. But still, the rope okay. cutting thing. Well, all, but I'm just I'm adding on to that. I'm just saying. I was, all this I was giving her realm. I was giving her its adrenaline. She wants to save her, her children uh, and her I, future grandchild and all that. I'm just going, I'm with you and the fact that until Till now, everything I've kind of been like, well, I mean, yeah, it'd be far out there, but fuck, you could see this happening. 
you know, especially in, well, I would say in those days, hell, I can see it happening now. But that is where, you know, all of a sudden everything kind of leaped out the window for me. And I was like, oh, they're just looking for a way to kill the mom. It's still um, a great fucking death. And if you press the yeah. I believe button, I mean, if you're going to watch fucking Home Alone and think that somebody can survive a paint can being dropped that yeah, or, 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 banister in your face and not die. Yeah, exactly. They all decide to head further upstairs. Uh, as the gang starts cutting through the the barricades on those stores and is coming up. Uh, at this point, Washington arms himself with some tools that he has. And he gets the old lady uh, out of her apartment. And she's holding the bat. As he's carrying her, she swings and actually takes out one of the gang members. Just hurts him. But hits him right in the nuts with the bat as she's being carried out of there. So, well done, old lady. Well that, done. Cheers. That was so fucking amazing. And yeah, it was. That brings me back from the mom falling out the window where i'm like oh come on movie yeah and i'm like uh, movie you won me back you won me back it looked like the dude was wearing a cup and she just really went for it because like his his whole crotch just caves in a little bit like it maybe he was he had like a cod piece or something but like it looks like she connected and it looks like she connected good with that swing yeah. it really fucking made me buckle over yeah. Yeah, it made me wince a bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're on the fifth floor now, and Washington, he's trying to hotwire uh, some, he's trying to get some wires out, and he says there's not a lot of juice, but there's enough. And they get the pregnant lady off the bed, and they take the bed springs, and they wire them. So it turns it into like an electrical, electric fence. Um, kind of. Kind of, but you know what I mean, it's... Yeah, it best the whole thing is electrified, and anybody who grabs it is apparently going to die. That's according to Washington. Yeah, well, Washington actually does do this setup in such a way that could possibly make someone be electrocuted because I mean he does it right. He really puts a shitload of salt in some water, mixes it up, dumps it on the step with one of the live wires, and then the other side of the live wires is going to be where they would be, you know, grabbing a hold of the actual box spring. And what that does is if they're standing in that water and they grab the box spring, they become the completion of the circuit and the salt water will help the help the electricity flow through the body if it soaks into the shoes and everything so that's the the whole thing but like i don't know how it stays on the step in a pool like that or how it's going to get through the rubber of the shoes i'm just pushing the i believe button because this is the most realistic thing they've set up so far in the movie yes so um the group while he's doing this uh we see the gang's trashing the old lady's place uh the group starts making noise to draw the gang up to them um the um group that then uh, they pour water on the steps, of course, to be con- you know a conductor for the electricity. Uh, there's uh, more trashing and more setting up of traps, all that kind of shit. Uh, the pregnant girl almost looks like she's maybe going into labor, but we're not too sure yet. Um, the leader then he asks for one of his guys. That's the only gun they got, and he takes the guy's gun. And then um, Washington says he's going to head down to go grab the gang. Did you notice yeah. that the guy that had to give up his gun? It really was like he was being emasculated because he was like yeah. it's my weapon it's my it's my piece it's my fate you know it's my piece right and like yep. like it totally captures a dude that is useless without their gun exactly um he uh he gets three of the gang members uh the uh, the four to follow him, everyone but the leader. And he, uh, one of the guys, the guy who actually gave up his gun, he grabs the springs and electrocutes and he kills him. Um, then, and I'm sorry, there was actually, uh, not four gang members left, there are five. There's another gang member who's been kind of loitering around, not really taking any sort of action, and he's actually leaving. And he's, like, sneaking out, but he is cut off by the leader, who then stabs him in the dick killing him and he tells him no one leaves me 
So this got that, really fucking weird really fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. So are we in agreement that the first thing that made this movie be rated X was the broom violation? Yes, that is what made this movie rated X. Because we were there, and then we both were uncomfortable talking about it, so I'm bringing it up again so that you have to picture that in your head before we finish up. Thank you. Thank you so fucking much. You're welcome. I love you. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway... So after this, the group checks the corpse, but he doesn't have the uh, a gun on him like they thought he did. But there's a clip. So he had the clip with all the bullets. Washington heads down, and he sees the last remaining three gang members. Chaco, the leader, takes aim with the gun, and apparently there's a bullet in the chamber because he shoots Washington in the shoulder. Then he grabs the clip from Washington and loads the gun. But he does say that Washington isn't dead. He's still breathing. So they start stabbing him in his wounds to try to wake him up. Fucking ow. Yeah, brutal Brutal as fuck. You don't see it, but fuck is it implied, and it fucking hurts still. You gotta really Um, give credit to the actor of Washington for selling it, how he comes out of... Yeah, yeah. Like, he's just completely fucking out, and then they start pushing the blades into his his wounds, and when he jumps up, it scares you. Like, it's like a jump scare with his reaction, and he really sells the pain. Yes, he does. And uh, so, then we cut to... The old lady, the old lady, and the uh, she's in an apartment. She's boiling water. What we think is probably for the like cleaning water for the pregnant girl because she seems she's in really bad shape in labor. No, that's exactly what the old lady intended it yeah. for. Yeah. Yes. And then the kids, well, they're seeing some of the gang come upstairs, and they decide to take the boiling water as a weapon, and they dump the boiling water on the gang. Those fucking and- kids are the most resourceful people in this whole building. Pretty much. And then the uh, husband of the woman who had her throat slashed, the super, and the younger woman who's uh, had the drug addict boyfriend, they go to confront the game with all this burning. Um, as the the leader, he's blind. Chaco's blind, but he's shooting. He shoots the uh, older gentleman, the older uh, black gentleman. And then... Um, as they're moving, uh, the super actually makes himself useful and pushes a huge, what was that a fridge or a desk? It was supposed to be a fridge, but they built it fridge. out of like foam core. So it didn't look okay. quite like a fridge, but yeah, he shows right. a fridge at them. You fridge at them and it fucking runs down the gang, fucking them all up. Um, the super walks down. Um, then the old day lady gets the kids back in the apartment and barricades the door. The old guy was taken away after being shot. Um, at this point, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you, you never find out what happens to him. That's the last you see. He walked away after being shot or kind of carried by the uh, younger woman whose boyfriend was a drug addict, but you don't know if he lives or dies after this. Well, you could assume that she takes him. That he, yeah, you could you'd assume that he's going to either bleed out or yeah, they will it, get help there eventually. If the, I, I think, and I'll explain it at the end of the movie, but I think it's inferred that he's dead. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so then the super walks down, and the game member who's been doing the majority of the killing, he's kind of really fucked up, and the super fucking just stabs him right in the chest, slowly, <laughs> almost like fucking really, you know, sadistically, which, you know, you don't feel too bad because this game member's been a pretty sadistic prick himself. Right, So, he but this, is, him. this isn't about vengeance. This isn't about anything other, other uh, than he it, needs to feel like he has control and be macho, so he's making it hurt and making it be- slow. Because then he starts yelling at uh, Washington that look you're not the only one who he starts boasting about killing him 
telling Washu he's not the only one who can kill one of them and saying, look at me, look at me. And as he's boasting, Chaco comes up from behind him and chokes him to death with a chain. Uh, Chaco then checks on both his gang members. You know, the guy's obviously dead. Then he goes to his lady and she is fucking dead as shit as well. He fucking freaks out, goes up, breaks into the apartment where the old lady has all the kids. However, she's hiding with that bat. And as he comes around, she does the smartest thing he's ever seen. Anybody doing a movie like this. And she swings the bat right at his fucking knees, taking out his fucking knees, and then hits him as hard as she can in the back, fucking him up. It's fucking amazing. She runs off. and She should have kept hitting him until he was nothing more than a stain in her carpet. He he is completely fucked up right now. He looks over. He sees the pregnant woman run out of the apartment. Um... So then they, uh, she runs upstairs, he follows, uh, she gets to the roof, and he follows her to the roof. Um, just then, uh, the injuries are starting to take their toll, there's a thunderstorm, it's raining, he is barely able to do anything, he drops the gun because he, he can't even hold it up. But he has a knife and he's coming after her. But then she takes a, like one of those old TV antennas uh, and off of there on a roof. She takes it and she stabs him through the gut with it. However, at this point, he's still crawling after her. The door to the roof closes. There's no handle on the outside. She's screaming for someone to let her in. As he keeps coming up, a lightning strike hits the antenna killing him. Washington then shows up and he hugs her and then he cut to outside the tenement it is no longer raining or storming and the two surviving women, uh, the older woman and of course the uh, young woman uh, who had the drug addict boyfriend and the three children they all leave. Roll credits. Okay, they throw the fridge, and from that point forward, it's just fucking go time in this movie, and it does not let up until the very end, and it just keeps ratcheting it up. Even when the people are hiding and waiting to pounce, the delivery of the old lady taking out the guy's knees, the only thing she did wrong is, once she had him on on the ground, she should have kept hitting him in the head with the bat. Yeah. Like, if he would have came to enough and been able to defend himself and maybe take the bat and then hit her with the bat, and then he gets away that way, that would have been fine. But I feel like they shortchanged that old lady and she should have kept hitting him until he was able to take her out i mean she apparently had a wicked fucking swing you know right grandma has got some baseball bat game that's how she survived in this fucking neighborhood apparently it it must be man she fucking knows what she's doing right uh that's entirely awesome and when it finally gets to the point where they're on the roof and they're running for their lives and then the pregnant lady like spends forever just waiting when the guy's like stammering towards her and just trying to break off a chunk of that school old school style antenna when she finally rams them through with the antenna you're like oh shit that looks like it hurts this is what's gonna do him in right then it gets struck by fucking lightning and you're like of course that happened yeah of course he got hit by lightning that kind of shit was always gonna happen right and then that's finally what takes him out like he's like this ultimate monster and the only way she could destroy him is to send him back to hell via a lightning bolt yeah right jesus christ yeah this uh, the fucking electricity that when they do the the electricity gag that they do where they're shocking people with the bed springs and then the water and everything that was like i mean they actually show them throwing salt in there which would make the water more conductive which makes more sense which is really well done 
I, I'm I'm down with that. I'm happy that that's what they did. <laughs> you know, yeah. like by the time it gets to those points, then the movie really gets going. The problem is you're either going to be the kind of person that sees the skin dog and that horrific rape scene with the murder by broom handle penetration, which was very clearly influenced by the Boston Strangler. Like you're either going to be able to get past that point and be ready to cheer on the rest of the people that are in the tenement to hope that they survive or you're not. If you can't get past that point, if that is too shocking for you, the rest of the film is just going to just not. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to give it a chance. Yeah, you're not going to sit back and enjoy what's going on with the rest of the movie. And I think the reason why I'm so ready to get past that point is there are plenty of other characters that I care about already. Like by the time that party ends, I cared about those people and I liked a lot of them with just the little snippets of what I got and the lives. And when you see in their apartments, you get to know about each other individual characters by looking at the stuff on their walls and everything like that just checking out their world by the time we get to the point where that attack happens i'm immediately like holy shit what's going to happen to everybody else because this is already so fucking brutal is this whole movie going to be like this what the hell (laughs) yeah i mean after that was done i was shell-shocked a little bit yeah, I was like, holy fuck! What are I mean? What are we into? The movie Jesus kicks Christ. you in the fucking balls, and then it doesn't yeah. take its foot away for the rest of the no. time. No, and Ooh. it's it's really effective, and it's really well shot, and the, the the set design. Even if those are just existing apartments, they matched them up to the people really well, and they made you feel like you were really just thrust into these people's lives on like the worst night of their life. And yeah, it was just a really well done film, and this has been the best Roberta Finlay film that we've covered, as far as I'm concerned. It, this is really fucking good. She fucking knock this out of the park and another good thing not not a lot of padding no i don't think there was a lot of padding really at all everything was kind of story driven maybe some of the apartment trashing got a little repetitive but at the same time they 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 even made their announcement how they wanted to make sure things went slow that night they wanted to slowly kill these people so you kind of understand i mean it's just fucking uh, i thought they did a lot with their use of time and they didn't not a whole lot of like running monologues, any of that shit. So it was pretty good. I think the only real parts that felt sort of like padding was the drunk guy walking down the street through the like abandoned lot that really needed the weeds cut back because it was overgrowing on the sidewalk. Like, yeah, that sequence See, I did, that didn't feel too bad to me. Yeah, but that's, um, that's the only part I can think of where I was feeling the runtime. Everything else I was like, holy fuck. And I agree with you. The trashing of the apartments does happen pretty repetitively. But if you notice, they victimize somebody and then they're reliving that glory by slowly destroying the things that are important to them, like they're, they're wrecking their place and everything like that. Or if they force the people out of their place, they're down there wrecking it and making noise to traumatize and make the people feel that much worse, like they're losing what little they actually have before they're going to be horrifically tortured and murdered. They're being psychologically tortured by the sounds of their things being trashed two, three floors below or whatever it is when they're hiding and cowering. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, that's how I took it, that that's what the gang was doing is they're just having a good time tormenting these people as much as they possibly can for as long as they possibly can. And if they try to get away, they're going to kill them. Like they might've been trying to taunt some of the people down to defend their stuff too and see if they could kill them that way. I, I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm reading more into it, but that's what it felt like. There was more of a sinister purpose. There was always a sinister reason as to what everything the gang was doing. Maybe not intelligently so, because they're all pretty dumb, but I think that was their plan. Uh, okay. I got you. And I'm not 
Not even saying nothing. I just felt like on occasion it got a little repetitive to me. Uh, but mainly, I I enjoyed this movie. I, I I and that is such a small little thing saying that we got repetitive. So you can't get too repetitive. I just said that that's as that's as much padding as I saw as maybe some little repetitiveness in that. Honestly, Other I think that, we're, we're, I think we're this looking movie, for things to nitpick because we both yeah. liked it so much more than anything. Yeah, I th- I really enjoyed it and i i don't think i find to me now yeah some of the scenes shocking it makes you feel anger sure but that's what this movie's supposed to fucking kind of do so you just kind of understand that and you roll with it uh you know but uh, other than that i think it was it acted well um it was you know written well for what dialogue there was and it was in was and it was choreographed well this is very much a variation on a theme very similar to the original assault on precinct 13 and there's a movie that came out very recently called vfw that this film very much reminded me of because the bad guys in this were very much characters like the bad guys are in vfw and all the guys at the bar are very much characters because you just basically get very little other than stories about their lives and what they did in the foreign wars that they served in at the vfw and then it's a bunch of drug addict punks attacking a vfw it's the same thing as what's happening here with the tenement very few people fighting for their lives with very few weapons against a horde of people that just give zero fucks and want them dead yeah yeah siege movie man this is yeah this and good fucking lord this should play back to back with assault on precinct 13 the original assault on precinct 13 and tenement should be playing back to back in the drive-in in my brain with the double feature of awesome. That's what I'm saying. There, there, there you go. <laughs> All right. You got anything else to say or should we pull the chain on this no, and move on? Let's, let's, let's move on. Right. I think we've said all we can say. All right. We're going to play the Corrupted Youth promo. We're going to have a little bit of music that fits along with the time frame and some of the music that was in Tenement. And when we come back, we will have the news and some feedback. Hey. Taste colors beyond any known spectrum as phonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness. Observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle.
I get too deep into that 80s awesomeness <laughs> of that music. <laughs> uh, guess what time it is, Matt? What time is that? Time for incoming mail! All right, this literally just came in as you were doing the review. I checked my email just on shits and giggles, and we got feedback on last week's episode, The Nest. Oh, okay. Court, Matt, guys, it's Rod from the Nashy Cast and the Bloody Pit. It is me. I just wanted to check in because we had a strange bit of synchronicity happening here lately, and it was very, well, it was very strange. I thought I would relate it. Uh, most recent episode, you talked about the 1988 film The Nest, one of those uh, films that really should be better than it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Great poster art, though, huh? Great poster art? Am I wrong? No, of course I'm not wrong. Anyway, here's the weird bit of synchronicity. I have seen the film The Nest, but there's so little in it to like retain in my head, other than Robert Lansing being a, a damn good actor. I had completely forgotten about it, and at the same time, currently, as your episode on the film dropped, I am reading the book that the movie was based on. Uh, called The Nest by Gregory Douglas. And the reason I was reading it uh, on my Kindle was because uh, it's gotten a recent republication because of the uh, book Paperbacks from Hell, the uh, Grady Hendrix book. It's a it's a great book, and uh, they have partnered up with uh, Vanacourt Books and are republishing a lot of these overlooked horror novels from the uh, 70s and 80s uh, stuff, you know, during the big horror novel boom of that period of time, because, of course, you know, everything blew up when Stephen King became, like, a best-selling author in the 70s, and so lots of horror novels were published, and a lot of really good ones slipped through the cracks, and so they've been publishing, again, for the first time in decades for a lot of these books, a number of these horror novels, and uh, let's see, I've already read, uh, geez, which one did I already read? I've, I've completely forgotten the, the first one. I, well, I've completely forgotten the title, but I, I definitely don't forget the book. It was a really good one. Anyway, I'm now reading The Nest, and um, let's just say, man, are there a lot of differences between the book and the movie. Um, it's a cliche, I guess, to say that the movie isn't anywhere near as good as the book, or the book was better. Boy, is it a true case here that as a factual Totally factual statement. And let me just say that The Nest, as a book, is pretty damn good. Um, first of all, there were a lot more characters in the book. There was a, a great knockdown, drag out, oh my god, these roaches uh, consume flesh uh, kind of battle in the, uh, in the lighthouse, in the novel. And of course, the movie just really turns the whole lighthouse into something. You know what I think? I think that they had to throw out a lot of the book because the stuff in the book that would have been the most impressive stuff, like, uh, and Quirks, you'll love this, when an entire boatload of children, school-age children, <laughs> have to get off a boat onto the shoreline because the, uh, the, the, little, the boat they're on is breaking up and they get devoured. <laughs> All these children get devoured by the fucking roaches. Oh, man. Uh, let's just say horror novels in the 70s and 80s ramped shit up pretty hard. But uh, nevertheless, there's a lot of differences. First of all, the whole, the whole thing with this company that's on the island and that are you know, doing genetic engineering, all that's bullshit. That's nothing to do with the book. It sounds a whole lot like 
they had, probably Corman had sitting around a script that uh, he kind of repurposed and tried to pretend was an adaptation of The Nest by Gregory Douglas for whatever synergy he could get out of, you know, doing that. Because, man, the, the differences are, are, are legion. And, uh, and, you know, if you're into horror novels, The Nest is worth your time. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm, I'm planning to read almost all of these uh, paperbacks from hell reprints that they're putting out because, well, they're, uh, they're a shitload of fun. Oh, the one I've already read is called The Reaping uh, by Bernard Taylor. Wow, uh, The Reaping was really, really good. That's a, that's a good one, too. The Reaping is one of those neat ones where I thought I knew where it was going. It's a British horror novel. I thought I knew where it was going, and then it kind of zigged when I thought it was going to zag. Good stuff. Good stuff. And i got to tell you, the novel of uh, The Nest is way better written than it needs to be. I mean... Wow. I mean, you know, for the amount of gore, you wouldn't expect, you know, you wouldn't expect to have to look up words in the dictionary. Let me put it that way. That's, I consider that a good thing. I don't know if anybody else would, but nevertheless, guys, glad to be able to tune into the show again and be able to uh, have this weird bit of synergy just come out of nowhere. This uh, strange combination of uh, the book I'm currently reading and the movie you guys are talking about, Link Up, the same week. Keep up the great work. Loving what you're doing out there. And uh, try to be nice to folks. We're all going through some fucking shit. I mean, this COVID hell is getting to all of us. Anxiety through the roof. Talk to you later, guys. This is Rod. Oh, Rod, you'll be happy to know that we have been able to achieve peace. Yes. <laughs> all of the altars. I mean, other hosts and I worked it out and we were able to broker a peace for Rick and I. So you'll be happy to know that. Home. Home. <laughs> all right. Um, paperbacks from hell. First of all, uh, read the audiobook version of that where the descriptions were going through my head while I was coding, and that's the most fun I've had coding in months. <laughs> I was listening to that audiobook and all the descriptions. I am absolutely going to try and find all of those books that were described in paperbacks from hell. They all sound insane and also awesome. Um, what Rod was talking about is basically that's the the gist of it is every book that that was mentioned in paperbacks from hell. I agree. Now that I know that most of those are being re-released, I gotta get them now. <laughs> some way shape or form even if i have to read them on my kindle that's fine uh i prefer to have that kind of stuff being pumped into my brain by somebody else reading it to me while i code <laughs> and i've been i've been told that like listening to podcasts and coding at the same time or listening to audiobooks and coding at the same time and being able to process both is weird like there's other coders that don't do that um wow yeah i know a few but uh, a few uh, coders um i think it's different for everyone i know one guy who likes uh, who likes complete and utter silence i know one other who would just be full-on blasting somebody's twitch stream uh i believe playing uh fuck uh stark i think it was starcraft but i'm i can you know, a I video game I can tell you. Yeah. some video game yeah just blasting some guy playing a video game and but he would he would code while that was blasting and he'd be paying attention to both um i you know know a guy who will listen to fucking just music while he's doing it uh and then then you're listening to podcasts while doing it so uh i, I guess it just takes old breeds um sometimes i've been guilty of having a movie on in the background listening to an audiobook yeah. in my headphones and just like looking at the screen for the visuals of the movie in the background yeah. every so often but also still being able to hear the movie just over the podcast you know what i mean like just just be able to hear it if i pay attention yeah and i i've done all three at once at some points <laughs> 
I fall under the uh, uh, also watching video games and Twitch streams while I work. <laughs> well, you do a little, a fair amount of scripting for your work, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, that's but all yeah, I mean, I, it takes all times. <laughs> yeah, that's all boring shit. But I mean, you know, when you say that, it, it doesn't make you weird maybe on the podcast level because I guess maybe somebody talking, you're actually trying to listen to a subject matter while also doing something as, as you know, complicated as coding can be. Uh, I guess that would be kind of weird, but you know, it's no more weird than a guy who needs, like I find people who need complete and utter silence to work. I find them fucking weird. Cause that just, it, I find I can't work like that. Too many fucking crazy thoughts going around in my skull. Right. I, I have, have to, to drown them out somehow. Right. I have to get out of the way of my, my overthinking everything. Cause I don't know if people are aware of this or not, but I am quite obsessive when I start thinking about something, I never let it go. And it just, gets in my brain and I just keep wanting to learn more about that subject and know more and speak more about authority with it whenever I'm talking about it. And it just never fucking ends. And I'm sorry, say what? Right. Now, the only way to put that side of my brain aside so that I can get out of my own way and not overthink what I'm trying to do when I'm coding is to distract myself on that level. And um, I actually typed up an email while having a conversation with my boss in front of him, you know? So that I can yeah. prove to him that I can do both because he like at first was like, come on, dude, you can watch a movie and code. I'm like, you want to sit and watch me? I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, I'll prove to you that I'm actually working while I'm sitting here with yeah. a movie on. You know? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. And everyone has that because, yeah, I, you know what you can, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, how do I build what I build while, you know, also paying attention to somebody else playing a video game that I like. And I'm like, pretty easily, actually, uh, you know. Um, and, and that's not to say the people, I guess, who, who need it quiet and absolutely have to concentrate. They're no worse or it's just different. Everyone's different in how they handle things. So I can't or handle how, quiet uh, just because of my brain, but, but, but besides the point, same here, we got to move on. We got to move on. Come on. We got to get out of this. Yes. What we need right now is some I just want to label this. We're going to see how many of these weekly we get. Um, It's not really much of a story. I'm not going to go into it. I have a whole other story to do. But uh, Darren Wilson did share this uh, from the Daily Beast. Uh, Another guy shot himself in the dick while showing off his gun in a supermarket line. Yay! (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now. And that is like the the fifth or sixth time I've heard about somebody since we did that story and laughed our balls off. Uh, That is now the sixth time I've seen someone blow their fucking junk off with a gun they had strapped in. Because they're doing something stupid with it. I'm going to stockpile all my guns because cops don't help you. <laughs> and apparently shoot yourself with a dick. Clip. All right. So I just wanted to bring that up. So if I ever see one, if you guys see any, let us know. Really share those a lot. And I will make sure to at least mention them. Shoot because I think that's ropes. important. You can't if you're shooting your dick off. Okay. So this is from Pete Quint. So uh, the Vietnam police bus ring selling recycled condoms. There's quite a few people that posted that. So I'm glad you chose that because people yeah. want to know more about this recycled condom shit. All right. Uh, out of Hanoi, uh, police in Vietnam have confiscated an estimated 
345,000 used condoms. All cops which, are bumbling dummies. Which had been cleaned and resold as new state media has reported. This is like traces of death fucked a porno. Footage broadcast by state-owned Vietnam television, VTV, this week showed dozens of large bags containing the used contraceptives scattered across the floor of a warehouse in the southern province of Bingdong. Mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback. You'd rather do that than worse used condom. Police said that the bags weighed over 360 kilograms it's or 700 serious cock or 794 pounds equivalent to 345,000 condoms according to VTV. Shut up. The, are you talking about penises? Yeah. The Shut owner up. of the Are warehouse. you talking about penises? Yeah. The owner of the warehouse said they had received a monthly input of used condoms from an unknown person, state newspaper Toy Trey reported. A woman detained during the bus told police that the used prophylactics were first boiled in water, then dried, and reshaped on a wooded phallus before being repackaged and resold. I have a raging erection. VTV said it was not clear how many uh, of the recycled condoms had already been sold. Uh, The detained woman said she had received 17 cents for every kilogram of recycled condoms she produced. I make money from my sex work. Neither she nor the owner of the warehouse were available for comment. It's going to cost you some serious cock. Dude, Jesus. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. I mean, I don't know if you need the condoms for that, but okay. Does that defeat the purpose? I don't think you are meant to boil down latex to try and reuse it. I don't think so either. None of this sounds... Good. I guess if you're going to visit whatever nation that that was at, don't rely on the condoms you can just buy there. Get your own before entering said country from a place that you know you can confirm is more sanitary than that. Jesus. Yeah. Gee, I mean, holy cow. Be worried. Be afraid. Quality check on all condoms. Not right now, but maybe later. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what my schedule entails. I'm already getting arrested. I might as well grab this guy's dick. Well, I mean, I guess if you're gonna go that route with things, you you you've already decided. God doesn't see when you do anal. I, I don't think that's true anymore. <laughs> uh, for fuck's sakes. I think we've, we've Remember, had Jesus is watching you masturbate. So watch some porn you think he might enjoy, too. God doesn't see when you do anal. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's just fucking end it. Okay, we're going to play the Ending Legion promo. Going to have a little bit of music that fits in with the era of the movie Tenement. 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 And when we come back, we will close out this show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. 
horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. yank that music out of a roughy loop so don't tell the owners of the copyright or anything about it all right are they, are they being cool court court are they being cool we're not doing the whisper thing now oh okay but you just did it but we're not going to continue to do it after this fuck all right fine if you'd like to find other instances where matt and i were as on as we were tonight even though we argued about nothing with quiddled debates as i promised in the intro you can check <laughs> out our landing and launching page legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops where all of those 267 previous consecutively released episodes exist i'm gonna keep hammering that consecutive consecutive yeah, consecutive <laughs> you can also join our facebook group which has been running nearly as long consecutively crazy Cons- as this show consecutive that's cinema psyops on the book of faces and the group's sections i am also available there as court psyops just don't at me on shit or just automatically decide you're gonna at me on shit i don't i don't know i don't know just stop atting them so much <laughs> a lot of adding like friend me stop first atting. friend me first and you know huh. then we'll talk then you can maybe, maybe at me maybe maybe give them a little you know slap and tickle a little, a little something <laughs> well i mean i didn't know i was actually like trying to get some of that kind of attention but uh i mean we can talk later folks but i'm totally into <laughs> that yeah, why not i mean Jesus. Speaking of people who like slap and tickle, you can check out Matt's Facebook. Hey. Everybody thinks that the board is just a board, but that's actually a paddle with your face on it because that's how much you love to eat ass. Damn. Oh, I mean, damn. I can't argue. Damn. All right, cool. <laughs> You're on blast for the way you eat ass. <laughs> God damn. Just don't expose me like that, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to email feedback to Matt to get tips on how to properly eat ass, you can email him psyopmatt at gmail.com. Well, I mean, I can help. I don't know. <laughs> if you'd like to email feedback to Court and tell him to stop kink shaming his co host, you can reach him at cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Yeah! <laughs> you can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate filled shit fest that is Twitter. I'm at Court underscore psyop, and he is at psyopmatt. You can tweet at us all of your ass eating favorites. I don't, I don't know how that goes, but okay. <laughs> While you're scrolling through Instagram looking at various 
sasses you'd like to eat, you can also check out our page, cinema underscore psyops. I guess this is a thing I'm going to do for the rest of the ending of this episode, uh, Matt. Just eating ass, all right? I mean, you do you. <laughs> hey, it would that I could. Yeah. <laughs> I can't reach. I'm oh, not goodness. a dog. <laughs> oh, good God almighty. Cinema underscore psyops on the gram of Insta, where I'm rocking the memes that belong to our people. Now, I just want to say, folks, while you're out there with your tongue firmly around the ring, make sure... Oh, Jesus Christ. You know where it's been, that it's nice and clean. Keep yourself healthy and safe so that you can kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Tenement is the place to be to get away from the jewels in the city street. Tenement is a place of shelter, but you still can't escape. Sometimes it's not safe in your house. There's nothing on earth that'll keep them out. In your crib and rape your wife And if you're lucky, you'll get away with your life The violence and destruction these hoodlums make Is more than anyone could possibly take Everything they touch always turns to dirt And everyone they meet, they usually hurt As long as you can bend to their demands Your soul will always be in their command you gotta fight back with all of your might Cause if you don't, you'll be running for the rest of your life The only way that you'll stay alive Is if you learn to be strong and know how to survive Because it's up to the residents to prevent What goes down in their tenement Hey, what's up? Not much. How you doing? Not too bad. Uh, sorry it's so fucking late, but you know. You're that, fine. It's what I get for trying to schedule actually having dinner with my wife. It seems like anytime I have to record a show and she's going to be home, if we try to have dinner together, something goes wrong. Up to and including her melting that, that thing a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> well, shit happens. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, well, I'm good to go now, so why don't you start recording on your side and we'll get rolling. Oh, yeah. All right. And I am recording. One, two, three. All right, awesome. Uh, I got your two clips. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it really wasn't the kind of movie to get a lot of clips. And even those two clips are real short, nothing clips. I just, to get something, I guess. I don't know. All right, well, I've got music that will fit. So we're we're all set up. Let's just fucking hammer it out and see what Let, we can get. Let's fucking do it. All right, here we go. Buying drugs is a bad way to spend your money. Oh, so hookers are Certain a wise drugs. investment? Well, I mean, all depends on what you want to do. I mean, it's it's a it's it's your life, man. It's it's. I don't think there should be a stigma about it anymore for people. You know, some people that's just what they want to do. I mean, they, you're paying them to leave, right? That's yeah, what's, yeah. That's they want to have a, a sexual encounter, and then they just don't want to hear from the person again. That's, yeah, you you pay for it so you don't you can get them to yeah. leave. That's it's a perfectly legitimate line of work. It should be, you know, it should be legalized, and it's. There you go. One way or so, another, you're paying for it for the rest of your life. Pretty much. Uh, sorry, hold on a second. Sure. I just heard, like, a giant crash upstairs. Okay. Um, so, okay. It's still um, a great fucking death, and if you press the yeah. I believe button, I mean, if you're going to watch fucking Home Alone and think that somebody can survive a paint can being dropped back yeah, or, or, or a banister in your face and not die. Yeah, exactly. Or get a blowtorch to the head, and the only thing that happens is they lose hair. Not that they suffer... Third, third degree burns on the top of their head. And also cook their skull to a molten lava that destroys their brain, sure. And that Kevin would be fucking arrested for being a fucking sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> and li listen, if the kid can make those traps, how did he not kill his older brother already? I'm just saying. Maybe he just snapped. 
Also, that's okay. I mean, we're getting really off topic. Okay, no, no, no. I, I got the perfect explanation for you, right, Matt? The, no, okay. I, I got to say this: okay, that entire family in Home Alone—they're all sociopaths. That's the thing. None of them care about one another. Not really. Right. You're, you're, you're correct. Now, here's the thing. Kevin doesn't snap until he watches Angels with Dirty Faces. The violence in that movie is what turns him into a monster because after that, that's when he starts making horrible traps. Oh, man. Keep the change, you filthy animal. All right, let's move on. All right. <laughs> Someday we're going to have to do that movie. <laughs> Goddamn, we got some opinions. you're out there with your tongue firmly around the ring make sure you know where it's been that it's nice and clean keep yourself healthy and safe so that you can kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch that was fucking gross that was fucking way gross what the fuck's wrong with you I mean, I don't have a problem if people want to do that, but I think I kind of, I, I, I made it lecherous. That was my fault. You did. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's me talking about it that made it gross, not you, that yeah, people yeah, do it's it. Yeah, it's not that people are doing it. It's when you talk about something, it makes it just further disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my kink to make everything feel more dirty than it actually is for everyone. I, I'm not shaming you for having it. I'm just explaining it to you. <laughs> I'm mansplaining your kink to you. <laughs> Thanks. I needed that. That's one of my kinks. <laughs> and I'm not gaslighting you because you made it up and it's not a thing. <laughs> can we move on now? Yes, we can. I'm going to stop my recording now.